my peace of mind. If that's okay with you. Keep loose all the stuff that's <laughs> undefined. Oh my goodness, what a weekend. Yeah. I'm so tired. So I came home this weekend and the middle of the night like I normally do and I went to bed and I woke up and my phone was going ding, 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 yeah. ding, which annoyed me at first because <laughs> I was sleepy and my phone was there. Then I rolled over and it's like, Tanya, and you weren't there. And so I'm in this little foggy space in my brain. That's I mean, I've normal. normally gone out of the bed by 6.30 or so. but Yeah, so. but it was... It wasn't 6.30 or so. I think it was something else. I think it was like, I don't remember. It was, it was earlier than that. <laughs> well, I have been gone since about mm, 4.15 or so. Because we were getting, we were called that we were, there was a baby on the way. So I was, there was a going over there baby and trying the to help way. out as best I could. Baby did come about, about 8 o'clock that morning. That's exciting. Had been on his way since Friday evening, supposedly. <laughs> so, but so, well, she didn't have a clue about that, though. I mean, she was. Yeah, she did. I mean, That's she didn't. She, the way she was explaining it, she didn't. She had a lot of. She was, no, she did. She just didn't let anybody else know. She wasn't worried about it. It was taking a while. She just knew that. She knew from experience it would be a while. So she. It's pretty cool. I mean, I I was weird because I mean, like I said, for me, I mean, I've always been. I'm not used to waking up and the baby's already here, which was kind of, but that's my fault because I guess the t thing was, because the well, first. it wasn't your baby. The first, oh, that's true, but it's, <laughs> you know, grandpa. So congratulations thing. to Catherine and Jared. Congratulations to Catherine and, and Jared for having their first, their first, and Jared came over here today and recorded a song with Makai, and that's the first time he's been out of the house since Sunday, I think. Did well, he get out at he all? Was, he ran an errand the other night, or the other day, but yeah, it's been very little, so he's yeah. glad to be Breathing um, outside air, I think. Yeah, that's very cool. So what are we going to talk about today? There's been a bunch of subject matter bantered about. and uh, Well, there was a couple of questions from, uh, well, like Micaiah had some questions about um, finances and how uh, to see kind of God's provisions versus, um, you know, when you're, when you should be wise, when you should be cautious. When is it right to be a little panicky? When is it, you know? And then segueing from that would be when when do you ask God for miracles versus when do you see opportunities and how do you watch for his provisions? We've had those questions from quite a few of our kids, um, you know, quite recently. Right. And there was another um, angle on that from how do you who, how then specifically thinking of finances but in other areas when you're first married or when you're first in moving out of the house how do you how often are you supposed to call mom and dad versus you know and watch god provide through them versus when you um need to be independent let god provide for you watch watch things happen around you for the most that part kids let have been you be good about not calling us <laughs> yeah well they've known that we don't really have a lot of resources yeah, extra. Yeah, so. as we've learned from Josiah today, yeah. they're, they're going to try and help us to do things, <laughs> that, which is, I think that's fair. I mean, we've invested a lot of what could have been free good vacation money in them over the years. So, <laughs> so it's only right that they should grow up and I invest money true. back in us. I don't know. I mean, I don't mean that in a snide way by any chance. Just <laughs> <an> imagination. <laughs> no, but. it's kind of them to try to angle it back this way if they've got it available. I think there's so many things involved in all those different pieces. 
And some of it is that God's teaching you things along the way and all kinds of different angles on that means you're going to start relying on him whenever you're willing to, I guess. Yeah. New married, though, there's one thing about that. We talked last week about being married when you're young. And I think the only detriment that could really come up against that is if, if especially the man, from what I understand the scripture to say, does not literally separate from his parents and see his own responsibility in that. The um, leave and cleave kind of concept, you know. Right. I mean, there was a little bit of an issue with us when we first got married in that regard. I know that um, it wasn't, I mean, I'm, it's been so many years now, I don't recall, <laughs> you know, all the things. I, knew, I do know that when my dad passed away shortly after we got married, there were the, the sense of loss for me was uh, profound because I lost my father, but there was... And I didn't really hit me that I'd lost him until I needed him for something. You know, there was a, there was a sense of you know, oh no, the cars, and it was generally usually an automotive thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I still know how to do these days were the things he's taught me, which was <laughs> he could do a lot more than me. But I mean, well, he even worked for an like auto parts. He was an airplane mechanic do, in, oh, in okay, the Korean yeah. War, and um, but then he worked for. Uh, he worked for a company, a lubrication company. So he sold. Yeah, okay. Basically, he he outfitted shops. Yeah. So he understood so that. He's familiar at least yeah, with those parts. Maybe. That was cool when I was a kid too, because he would take <laughs> me around and I'd get in his truck that rattled this big old big old Dodge van that had all the equipment in it and just rattled and shook. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to sit in the back on a compressor and <laughs> and just making my brother and I'd take turns on those trips. And that was Dad's way of saying we're going to go be men together, you know. And, <laughs> and it was a, an interesting thing. And, and that it's a fond memory. I mean, but literally the only thing I can remember two moments in those trips. I can remember riding around in that Radley truck, no specific location, just that was a lot of time driving around Georgia and Florida and North and South Carolina and Mm -hmm. staying in cheap, well, just hotels, motels along the way, and then almost getting shot because I snuck out in the middle of the night and went swimming (laughs) about 13 years of age and came in and my dad um, said, told me that he had had his hand on a gun because I'd snuck out and I never snuck out of a hotel room again after that though. I I wasn't going to sneak out and uh, swim Mm -hmm. anymore. Well, okay, but, but anyway, so I sidetracked on that, but fond memories. But you're talking about, well, I was referencing that in the fact that, you know, my dad was always the one that I'd lean on and look to, and then we didn't have him anymore. Um, and you're talking about, like, provided for you, or do you do you feel like you saw him as uh, helping that provision kind of idea, or do you feel like you just... Well, just up to that point, he was the, who I leaned on. Call. He was the one that, you know, I looked to for... The stuff I needed. The decisions you know, he was the one that took care of college, the one that took care of, you know, all of my expenses. We're, so we're talking about finances, yeah. and so now we got to figure it out on our own. You and I are at this point. I think when he died, we were in seminary already. So because yeah. yeah. he died right after we moved to Texas, and so here we are in an apartment. And I do remember where we were. I mean, we were in an apartment, and um, on the major highway that went around Fort Worth, because we could hear the cars roaring at night through our windows. And um, funny. Uh, well, you know, these are, these are the it stories I remember. Yeah. yeah, and I'd get up in the morning and I'd drive into town to go to work, and I mean to go to, to school. Um, I don't remember what I was doing. You were working at that point in time, but the point of the matter is, is that we're trying to figure out how to live and where to what to lean on, and you know, we were too far from home for me to go over to dad and say, "Hey, I need some money." Yeah, you know, so. If I was, if it was gonna happen, it was a phone call, and mm-hmm. back then they would have to do this thing called put it in an envelope and put I think, a stamp on it. And mail it I to think us. it's funny because your mindset may 
may have been that he would be there for you. And maybe that's what I was sensing because I don't, I had not lived that way. I'm, I mean, in the sense that my parents provided for me, yes, but it was always, I knew my parents were um, pretty poor as far as the, you know, their rural America, and so therefore they didn't make a whole lot. They they survived well and we did good. Um, they took care, good care of us, but I knew there wasn't a lot of extra. So I didn't really feel out, or feel the freedom to ask them for money. Always felt like I should help, you know. So went out and got jobs early in high school, kind of like you did, but on our not yeah, just for my own you were, spending. That's the difference between you and me. You you were getting jobs car. for to help out. I was getting jobs because I just wanted spending money, and my well, dad I told never. me I had to get jobs because <laughs> that's what boys do. Yeah, right. And I got a lot of them in a very short period of time. I think I counted them up. That one time was like in the teens. <laughs> I never wanted. I mean, I didn't pay for anything really, as far as giving my parents money to pay their bills. But I did feel like the bills I owed, or the things that were going to be my uh, incurring fees, such as my insurance payment, my um. Uh, car payment when I got one and some different things like that were mine to you know to own yeah, or whatever to pay sure. to take care of. So I do remember those things being on my mind and of course I was a little bit wired to do that anyway. That's my, my parents personality made those contingent upon my grades. If my grades were okay, then I could they'd pay for those things. And I didn't have that struggle, and, but but I just knew my parents didn't have it, so I wanted to help that. But also knowing I was going to go to college and some things about that uh, made it kind of. It felt a little bit more mandatory, although they helped me with some of the beginnings of college, that's for sure. In fact, paid more than I realized eventually. But um, what I was going to say, so when we were first married, I did, I noticed that, that I felt like you relied on them or him more than I knew we as a couple needed to probably rely on God together. And it, it was kind of a challenge to me because my parents, that's what they did. They relied on God. They didn't call somebody to ask you know for yeah. help it wasn't their their way but I, but what's funny is I don't necessarily think that I, I probably treated you wrong in the sense that I probably saw you depending more on them than you may have been but only in the sense that because your mother would ask questions about our bills and about whatever I'm not apt to want everyone business, yeah. and I'm not inevitably wanting out of the whole world to know our you know details of our lives so that, but it also felt as if sometimes it was a, a choose against me rather than talk to me instead of them, you know, that kind of thing. So what I was going to reference was there's a lot of, I feel like, early couples, young, young married couples who don't spot that right of way. And the male, the man in the relationship maybe not even see that that's the truth of what the way he's approaching life or thinking of it he's just kind of always relied on his dad or always had that as a backup some in particular in, in that I've known didn't move away from their family and it was the family business kind of that they were involved in because of that though really strained those early relationships so I don't know if it was that they were too close in proximity that they actually lived on properties with their parents or if it was more that they that was their sole income so this newly married man can't uh, can't understand the differentiation and the wife then starts to feel like it's about that not about her not about them as a new family you know I think that's some of the stress and we've I've seen at least two uh, situations like that where where the they won't move away from, I've, I've known three 
won't move away from the family situation and that breaks the marriage up within a year or so of the relationship so it's really it's sad to me because it may not have well, to be that stressed that's but a good question i mean the question though then is to, does it require geography to force a young man and young woman t- to cut strings and learn how to live mm-hmm. separate and stand on their own i i used to say and i think for you and i that was a yes Mm-hmm. Uh, because my, like I said, like you mentioned, my mom was more hands-on than she, I think, even wants to be herself. I just don't think she knows where her hands end sometimes. <laughs> but, um, and, but I also was a firstborn. I was ready to be out of the house, but I also liked the fact that my, I was taught that my parents were there for me and provided for me, and you were too. But I think there's an, another factor is personality. Yeah. I mean, I'm exactly. much more of a, hey, it'll all work out kind of guy, and you're right. like going diligence and hard work and discipline <laughs> and, and, and setting things aside and prayer. These things must be in place and be rigorous right. in order for things to work <laughs> exactly out. Exactly that voice. And that, that is, that's the voice in your head. Okay. That's not the, that may not be the voice that comes out. It come, but the, the staccato is there, but not okay. that. But it's definitely yeah. your, your, definitely your, uh, pitch the um well but for, i for me well oh shoot i lost my thought though when i got <laughs> goofy there was a the the personality is a factor but geography is it necessary for us to move apart i because i think we're, we're in a weird place now we had this conversation over the years mm-hmm. uh, and we've always believed as young couple and as couple raising children yes geography is important but now that our kids are coming of age they're not all moving away from us i mean we got <laughs> now two and i think for at least i know for noah and i know for josiah as well geography was benefit i think josiah needed it because he's attached noah needed it because he's not mm-hmm. um he needs to be out there on his own to make his way um i think josiah needed to be out there so he wouldn't it wouldn't be a conflict for him i think he would always be here it was already a you know when they were here for the couple of years that they were you know, even just with the young, yeah, he enjoys being around his family, which is fine. Right. He still makes his own decisions. He still stands. I mean, he's the one that's you know wanting to bring you out there to see him, and and um and so. So well, can I go back to what I originally said? Then, the the Bible says, at the one uh, scripture about that, that the man would leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So what we're, I feel like we're kind of seeing that almost exact thing. Men do need to, in, including our single guys who need to get that mindset of independence in order to even see their need for maybe a wife or their need to be separate and make decisions separately. As well as the, the girls, I think we're going to struggle with the girls moving away because that's not the same. We're going to see that they really don't rely on us maybe even in ours in particular i don't feel like have been the type that come to us for everything really Our except girls? yeah except no, for that it's a little different of a relationship do you think yeah we only have we have two boys that have moved out now so um no it is i think it is a different relationship i'm questioning whether or not um i'm thinking i'm questioning whether or not um well, do you understand what I'm saying about the difference between boys and yes, girls? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm questioning whether. Well, our or not. girls getting married, though, I'm not. I'm not going to see physical distance as making much of a difference. With that's a what girl. I'm getting that's at. What what I was I, what to when say. you're talking about man leaving and cleaving, the, the the question that I was asking in relationship to that is, do men need geography, a separation of distance, in order to men, accomplish right. that? Yeah, I'm not. I'm dealing like, girls aside. I, I'm dealing with the men here, mm-hmm. and because um, you're right in that sense, um, our girls, uh, at least Hannah, you know, her man is far, far from home. You know, he's definitely had to learn how to 
um, provide for his family and stand on his own. And, you know, I've been able to be there as a, as a father figure and, and a friend to him, you know, but, but he's had to make his way and be a husband and be a provider and be the guy there. He's not, he doesn't lean on his mother and father for anything. He's, he's trying to make his own way. Um, my, my thought is, is that necessary? I think for some men, yes, and for some men, no. Um, I don't well, know. For me, it's a case-by-case case kind like, of thing. But I, well, so the question I of geography is just a question mark for me still. Yeah. What I was getting at a minute ago is I feel like as we've gotten older and as our, as our kids have somewhat stayed close to us, you've already pointed out daughters are primarily, um, other than our boys, I guess they haven't. So I'm thinking through this out loud with you. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. I may not be making a lot of sense, but, you know. Well, I'm, I do feel like that scripture kind of makes it sound like geographically men probably need to, at one point or another, dra- break the ties that would be them relying on their parents whatever that looks like it doesn't i guess have to be that they move to a different town necessarily but we've seen more often than not that's valuable even if it's just for the first year of marriage i we can give testimonies of like i said three or four who were married just simply because they moved away and literally have struggled in every other way but there's some sort of bond that happened because they did move away on the other hand we've seen some who were maybe even really um, proclaimed Christians and good Christian families who stayed nearby and lost their marriages and at least three of them that I can immediately name. So I, I feel like there is something, some clue there that God has given people that this needs to happen because otherwise this sort of bonding doesn't happen. But it, it well, seems to speak directly to the man is why I'm saying that. It doesn't seem as if it applies to the the woman quite as much. And maybe it's just because emotionally she's kind of always going to be it tied into her family in a different sense <coughs> yeah. but it's up to the, well, the man to sort of set that home up as his established home uh-huh. separate from his own home that he grew up in right I don't know just feels like that's there's some philosophy to that I don't know <laughs> yeah I don't I don't know that I've got a whole lot more to add to that I, I think that um, I'm saying it probably even helped the us question that you of had security, to move to Macon because I mean if a woman's <laughs> looking for a, if a woman is looking for a relationship I mean we, we are just you and I don't fit any of this progressive mold if a woman is looking <laughs> for her basic need you know is to have a secure household and her husband is constantly look, looking to his mother and father well she doesn't need him he's not providing security he's looking for it elsewhere <laughs> yeah so you know he needs to be he needs to be the kind of guy who's looking to work with her through whatever problems arise it's not even a financial question i mean we, you started this out with financial things it's yeah. a problem solving thing you you're moving from um being someone who's had mom and dad solve the problem right you know? that's a good and point, even yeah. now i think you know that with having our kids close periodically that's what happens is mom and dad solve the problem and you and i have i think what i was going to tr- what i was trying to drive toward a minute ago when i was saying um you know, should there be geography? I think it depends on, and you and I are on the best other side of it. I think it depends on the parent as well. How much, right. you know, my mother wanted to be kind of maybe involved or we felt or concerned. I'm, can't, in all fairness, we moved away. I don't know if my mother would have been overbearing if we lived close to her or not. I uh, just, we, we felt we needed to be on our own. So we did. Um, but our kids. Well, if the phone was any indication. Yeah. <laughs> so our kids are, are fairly close to us and we have been fairly good about when they call her and say, hey, I'm stuck trying to help solve the problem but not solving the problem for them um yeah, you know the, each each couple has to figure it out and you know there's and you know some of that's been not um that rather than being very wealthy people which i'm always open to being wealthy if anyone wants to enrich us <laughs> um 
we've never been able to just financially solve our problems all the time. Hey, here's the money. Everything's yeah. going to be okay. Throw some money at it. Throw <laughs> some more money at it. Um, and uh, so we've been more like, hey, you know, throw some faith at it. Throw some Jesus at it. How do we <laughs> how do we walk through this together? Well, what are the decisions that need to change? You know, how do we need do we need to live differently? Or and like we were else? just so, talking about a little bit about who provides and where does that come from and how much is right to panic versus because mm-hmm. because of the growth that happens just in marriage in general, you start to have to be challenged in those relationship dynamics and you have to be um, learning those kinds of things. You also are learning to depend on God on your own. Yeah. And one thing about, like you said, boys moving outside of the home, having to go out on their own, prayerfully come up with, well, God's the only resource at times. On the other hand, they, they also understand some of that is, falls on their shoulders. But I believe that there's something to be said about being out on your own, not having your parents solve your problems like that causes you to, to find out where your foundation is. Well, if we can't come up with the answer, then am I going to blame you or blame me? Are we going to look for the government? Are we going to look for so-and-so? Are we going to get on our knees and ask God to take care of it for us or help us out or show us? And so there's a mixture of God may have to provide miracles, which you and I saw quite a bit of in the first part of our marriage. I remember the money left on our doorstep. Do you remember that? Yeah, we did. That was the weird thing. Or the tax return that came just in time. Yeah. I still remember oh, that one. That we were, was that a, was a rent? I think that was done. We didn't have any money. Yeah. I, I was selling world book encyclopedias for a living. That was that was the world book venture. And I had this really good run of sales. Book. Do you remember that? I got, the, I got the job and I was like, this is amazing. I was like, my first... 30 or it felt like 30 but it was like everywhere i went (laughs) someone bought these things and so we were like rolling in the dough and so being a wise financial well i thought we were rolling in the dough being a wise financial steward as i was i didn't set that aside for a rainy day because it never occurred to me that a rainy day like paying rent well yeah like the odds the odds of sales would come up and we there would be a another possibly equally as long stretch of (laughs) Of no sales at all all. (laughs) which is why being my personality type i didn't last as a salesman because (laughs) I couldn't handle that. Well, that's not true. I sold that. I sold furniture. Yeah, you, I've, I've done a lot of things over the years. Um, and so during that, that dry spell, we didn't have money for rent one month. And um, what was, wasn't it almost to the penny? It was like the weirdest thing that what we needed, the difference we needed for rent was the, it was within dollars or cents. It was so close to the number. It was apparent that while it was an income tax return, it was, or something. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I, I just remember the dollar amount was just I uncanny. feel like it was more the timing because we knew we, we actually took a trip to Missouri with our last whatever $30 we had in our pocket because it wasn't enough to pay rent. We did a trip pretty good job. We went up to Missouri because we knew that was where at least inspirationally we'd be encouraged that God would take care of it. Then came back and we had already the actual deadline wasn't for another day or so but we had missed the first one like the you know rent's due by this day but by the like the first or something by the fifth it's late and you're gonna yeah, you yeah. know start being it was something like the fourth or the fifth or maybe even the sixth but it was so to us it was like um and we weren't expecting it i feel like that's what it was we were closer so than the exact amount because that's bacon we were in macon georgia at the yeah time. right because that was that cute cottage that i still wish we lived in today but even more like, so yeah it was nice <laughs> but even more so i remember the time going going to church just that morning and you and i knew this is how much we had in the bank i feel like it was we had exactly half the amount yeah, in the bank ridiculous. for rent that was due the next day or something like that we and went to church and both of us went to the altar and just asked god to take care of it because we didn't know what in the world we were going to do and we came home and that very amount the exact extra half or whatever we needed was 
literally tucked into our door frame you'd think in an envelope and we were not we didn't hadn't told anyone the amount yeah. we needed so it was and you think after 31 years of those things constantly happening to us in one form or another i wouldn't be stressed yeah. about money ever right <laughs> What is wrong with human beings? You, you tell a story like that, and you're like going, "Why do I ever worry about anything?" I, <laughs> Seriously, because um, I and I tell my girls, it wasn't my mom nor daddy." No, it wasn't. Any money for that. Boy, and neither one of those. It was. I my line that the girls will quote as soon as I even say that or <coughs> say that I've got this line is that I believe God can put it out, um, pour it out of the sky if if we need it, because that's how close he is to us that's how much he knows our needs and hears our prayers you have always had the philosophy that god would provide it usually through someone or have give them the opportunity probably is what you meant to bless them but i just know that my god's reliable in that sense because he knows my needs my my little detailed needs the problem is a lot of times i don't i don't feel i feel like maybe this is the problem that i don't know that we get on our knees and genuinely believe that that my God knows my needs, and yet He said to ask. So now I'm asking, mm-hmm. and He will provide. Because the Bible does say, "Ask and you will receive." But for some reason, it becomes more complicated when we introduce our own ability to understand faith, or our own ability to take opportunities, or to feel like it's our responsibility. There's a lot of things mixed in there, and I, I just know you and I at times had no options, and we had to ask God and he provided. So you're saying that oftentimes we didn't express any, or I didn't express <laughs> any faith until we were completely out of options. Well, and sometimes. I mean, so I think when, that's just human When all nature, of your human options run out, then faith <laughs> right. applies. Maybe you got that turned upside down somehow. Um, I mean, well, it's, but it's also because God has given us knowledgeable, you know, feet to to work and such. And you, you have always believed that a man um, is... Uh, an infidel who's not able to provide for his family. So that's one thing that you've always said. I think that's you buried in like the soul of carried. men. I think God's sure. put that in us. I don't and think you that's carry a, that on your shoulders. A, men, men. Um, as much as I said earlier that women are looking for security, um, and you know, and are looking to to have a, to create a space for life to happen, family. Um, and, and to know that place and is to secure. Be, yeah, men, to men, be f- and women find their purpose in nurture, that. in that. And men, I think, are are not. I mean, we enjoy being nurtured, but we we're not looking to hang out and nurture. There's there's a, there's some people on gender, both genders. There's <laughs> weirdness where some people, in my opinion, there were some guys tend to be want to be. I, mean, I have no problem with being a stay at home dad kind of stuff, but I think that for men in general, there's this need to um, to to. To create and provide that space, you know, to create that, you know, I I've sure. often likened it to um, a uh, a kingdom with a with a cat with a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, um, the the more the man um, expresses and builds and expands the kingdom walls, he provides a safe space for the life to happen inside the kingdom. And so, mm-hmm. a good wall creates a place where that while that life is happening, the woman can thrive and she can expand, and she People she has safe, a safe place for all the things that she wants to happen. She doesn't have to worry about being attacked from the outside because <laughs> there's a solid wall behind her called a man, and um and what he's provided. So that while that's a, a metaphor and all of them break down at some point, that to <laughs> me is a kind of a visual that's always worked in my my job is to provide an environment for a family to be able to live and thrive. Um, including the the wife who including is my partner to make sure that that is taken care of. Um, I, I always thought that real that metaphor you used more about the emotional capacities and stuff of a man, right? Or, or are you talking also about the provisions? I'm talking about um, the uh, 
where a man finds his purpose and where he finds um because that's a spiritual provision too a man has to grow spiritually the walls don't expand unless he grows spiritually i just um, thought of a way to see this so maybe this is what we're trying to say when um a girl responding to a father versus a guy responding to a father father in the home for a guy is a resource but he's more the teacher the the um um, kind of handed off sort of responsibilities and stuff you know type of relationship whereas mm-hmm. a girl seeing a father is it's my daddy he's the one that takes care of me he's the one that provides for me he's the one that keeps me safe so in the in the home the husband and the wife relate, relating to God so the, the husband seeing God as the um, provider but the teacher the one who kind of shoves him out the door and says but go do this you know versus <clears throat> the the way a woman responds to god is <coughs> he's my daddy he's the one that protects me he's the one that provides me i'm just thinking of our ability to ask god during these hard times that we've struggled with provisions and such you know it was just a different dynamic for each you well, and i when we started with this and when i got off on my old castle thing was can you sit still was um the uh was the it's ingrained in the in the man to provide um that that, right. that you know where's where's well, faith come in and in where does where does our um sense of depending upon god versus our own work our own ethic mm-hmm. work ethic p- apply and i think that that to this morning when i was reading I, I shared with you i thought it was very cool that god um the holy spirit empowered an Israelite with all to be a general contractor, basically. <laughs> you know, this is here, Moses. Take this um, guy who has been given all the skills. God has filled him with His Spirit and empowered him to know how to build everything the temple is going to need. Mm-hmm. And so, the temple didn't just erect itself. God <laughs> empowered a human being, a male, and gave him the skills. What you just said to teach as well as to do to to instruct and to provide, so the people around him would be able to do the task. And so God very much empowered. So I empowered them to do the work that they were called to do. God includes us in his work. And um, so I think there's a tension there for where a man would say, excuse me, where a man would be, um, he has the work to do and the faith to do it, the faith in God's empowering him to do it. I think where we run the risk as human beings is the same thing that happened with um, Nebuchadnezzar. Right, was Nebuchadnezzar who walked out and said, "Look at all I've done," you know. That's 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 the guy who says, "I did it," and forgets the fact that everything he had and did was because God gave him that. And so, yes, we're supposed to go do the work of providing, and we find a great sense of satisfaction in that, a sense of purpose. And when a man doesn't have work, and when a man doesn't doesn't have that sense that he's able to provide, it's very dehuman, dehumanizing for him yeah. because God called him to do that. And there's there's dignity there's there's and a sense of a sense of fulfillment in that work. The scripture that is a uh, man who doesn't work shouldn't eat kind of thing. It's, it's because it's what we're called to do, what we're yeah. made to do. Well, and you know to sit down at a meal because you've worked hard that day or worked hard at it, at providing that food or at just even literally expending the energy that day. How much more that meal means to you? How much more it's 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 almost reward in itself. Right. So I think that. That makes sense. God has given you the, the ability. He's given you the the legs, the health, the whatever to accomplish tasks. And then, on the other side of that, the reward of it, the, con- the the task itself, sometimes is, you know, seemingly. I mean, it's definitely from Him that reward. But 
I think what I'm trying to say is, so where does faith stop? Where does where, the, where does that work stop and faith start? Or where does all of it mix together and say, like you just said, the gifts are from Him, the provisions from Him. If I didn't even have this opportunity to do this, I would find something else to do because He's given me legs. But you know, it might not be where the income from comes from. But He's still my income. Okay, so this has been a constant conversation for you and I. But I, I think there's two different things or kind of different things going on there. One is, does God, can God drop money on our porch, you know, or in Mm -hmm. our income tax or wherever it comes from without us knowing? We've had, we've had, you know, the time we came home from church and there was groceries on our doorstep because, you know, and I mean, sure, someone must have taken them up there. We don't, I don't think we know to this day who dropped groceries on our doorstep. Do you remember that happening in Fort Worth that one time? And, um, no, I remember the family that bought us groceries and. Well, there's been more than a few times where things like that have happened. Sometimes, obviously, by the hands of people. Other times, we just assume in that case. But, or you know, money came at the right time. So I think that there are places where that happens. And and I'm going to answer your question, I think, directly here in a second. Um, I think there's places where those miraculous moments happen that that we have no idea. We just go, what? You know, that was amazing. You can't live your life that way. You can live your life knowing God's going to fill that gap. But God's called a man to be involved and to be in work at work doing his thing. He's, he didn't just build the temple. He set a man to do it. He, Nebuchadnezzar did participate in the kingdom thing. He just got full of himself. And I think that's the key for me is it's not a, when you when you say, where do we know? How do we draw a line? I always like to use the word dynamic tension. I think we live in a tension because God doesn't want us to be workers, nor does he even want us to be people who just look for him to just just like we would our parents. Money just shows up or we need to show I think God's looking for us to be in a relationship with him. And so that dynamic tension happens because when we're in a relationship with him, we're going to know the difference between when God says go and build versus sit and wait. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think, you know, that's the key here is I'm not a person who is is living my life um looking to define this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is the time frame and this I mean I should have a schedule and all that kind of stuff but ultimately Nebuchadnezzar forgot that God was his provider and God empowered him for the work and it drove him crazy <laughs> um, well in, and so, in the sense that you don't even have a job right now that really generates income no right? I'm doing a lot of different things <laughs> trying to figure out how to, to get you I mean know, your your job that he's given you to drive yeah. is kind of a provision but it doesn't it's the job you that would be your calling your your first op, uh, career doesn't really bring in no right now what you know, just currently. just doing church planting and and, and the there's not been the income's not there it's it's waxed and waned over time and you know so we're doing whatever we have to do to, to pay the bills and to make ends meet or and i think what the effort I'm is that god does provide that because what you're doing is not a hands-on i do this now the money comes or i do this and i sell this and it comes this way you know what i'm saying it's yeah. more that it's God's your provision. Right. I'm doing what I think God's told me to do. I'm not doing mm-hmm. something because I'm worried that if I don't do it, that the world's going to come. Or if, if I don't, you know, you know, I'm not running 40 hours trying to make a certain dollar amount. I'm just, I don't know how to put it. Right now, even though every work, everything that I'm doing, every job that I'm doing is because I feel like God's provided it or has asked me to do it. And if he tells me to make a change, I'm willing to do that. Um I'm wordless because again, it comes down to well, relationships. All I was, yeah. For me, all I was saying. I have a responsibility is, as a man, but I'm also in a relationship with God, who's given me guidance in how to fulfill that responsibility. 
Does that make sense? I'm I'm just talking about pure generating income. If you're in the secular world and you go and you make this product, say you even, you know, you make cabinets or you uh, build this or such, when you do that with your hands, that's providing um, a service for someone who pays for that service and comes Mm -hmm. back toward them. That seems as if, like you were saying about the man in the Bible, as if it's a gift that's been given by God and here's, you know, like even Paul making tents, it was the way he probably provided some extra money to eat or whatever. But his first career calling really was the gospel. So here was some ways to to generate some income, but here was really God's, God was his source. He was his provision. I think that's where I'm just saying it's a little bit of, because it all comes from God. So on the one hand, a man sees the nature of his work coming back at him and he can get focused like you said in the, with Nebuchadnezzar on this is my work it's it's me look what I've done mm-hmm. versus if that takes gets taken away and you're relying more on God or even directly as we have almost always done because it's his church so it's his people his literal you know if they give some money we are provided for if they don't then we'll, we might not be that we go well, yeah. And then again, we d- again, go directly our, to God and say, you're my provider. Yeah. Our job, um, Jesus basically told the disciples, you know, before he departed, he said, the work here is done. He told his disciples, you know, he told his father, I've done my job when he was praying in the garden. He says, now I've prepared these guys to continue the work that you have for them. So our work in this world as, as men and, um, and as women is to continue to model the gospel and to be clear what the gospel is, it's not a, hey, here's a religious ritual that she was to. God <laughs> came into the world to fix its brokenness. And rather than just going, being a daddy who just hands it to us, <laughs> he, he hands it to us in a very unique way. He says, here's the path. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right? No man comes to the Father except by me. But then he says, now the work is done. Well, obviously it's not done. The world's still full of evil and nastiness and mess. Mm-hmm. So we still have a work to do. So it kind of, I think, reconciles what we've been talking about in the, in the microcosm of thing where, you know, we do a work to provide for our family, blah, 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 blah. But when we back up from that, go, but that's p- patterned in the gospel. You know, Jesus didn't just fix it. Jesus provided the fix and now tells us to work the fix. And so we're we're working the gospel. We're telling the world that, that there's good news for men, that there's there's life to be found in Jesus. You don't have to live under the curse of sin and death anymore. That's a pretty cool. So that's my work. That's the first work of any anyone who calls himself Christian. Mm-hmm. Anything he does outside of that to put a few dollars in his pocket, or to provide for his family, or to you know that that may be fun. It may be a good psychic, but if he's not doing that first work then he's not living a life that has any bearing on eternity. He's not investing in eternity. He's not living as a man should live or as a woman should live. Should be living our lives Well, and if you were asked the question... But it's, to me, it's a marriage of... There's a marriage of that... Of where we started this conversation was, you know, how much do we lean on our... our I mean, gosh, this went all over parents, the place. We're right? how to lean on our parents for our basic income. Well, we still look to our parents for guidance when we're young and we're figuring things out. But we're working towards independence... Yeah. And being able to live freely. So we have to be able to say, you know what, let's try and figure this one out if we get stuck. And that's what we've told them. How many times have you and I told the kids that? If you get stuck, come back to us. Yeah. And we'll either pray with you or we'll help out if we have it. (laughs) Good answer. I have an illustration for that. When I was first going off to college, I uh, saw independence as something I needed to go for and that God was 
teaching me that, but also giving me that freedom. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be on my own. But when I um, literally knelt down to pray, but God, I don't want my parents to have to shoulder the insurance payments or this actually on top of maybe helping me. They had told me I think they would help me with insurance, but I, they couldn't also pay for my car. Right. And I wanted to be able to take my car with me to college So rather than sell it or get rid of it. So I, I got down on my knees and prayed. That was one specific prayer I had. And before I left, within a couple of weeks before I was going to leave to college and was kind of um, uh, unsure about what I should do, um, a, a dear great aunt of mine called me to her house, and she, she wanted me, in fact, she told me before she came for me to bring my little um, payment book of uh, for my payments. I didn't understand. I thought maybe she'd pay a couple of months worth of my payments. That was real sweet. You know, I thought mm -hmm. yeah. that, w that that might be a possibility. She took the whole book and paid my car off for me. Mm, so sweet. that that was not... And that was one one of the prayers I had with God was, if you'll pay this off, I'll use it for you. I will literally drive every week and, you know, to church and let people come with me and or, you know, use it for your glory. And I did. Um, and I literally had a 45-minute drive to the church that I felt like God led me to. So there was some definite purpose in that, but those kinds of things. And then I have some fun stories about what happened with that car and, and different things that God did Yeah, you to got prove bigger faith stories when you were younger because you were much better much better at being um, faithful. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be, no. I <laughs> well, have minor miracles no, but I, I do was a believe. minor follower. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do believe, though, at that point, that was a marriage of what you just said. Yeah, Learning to depend on God you were at the same time the as trying to and, do what, yeah. what I had needed to do to be independent. But knowing God was my source, and that's what I meant by, I don't understand the dynamics of that from a man's perspective. So I, I, I do feel like as a little girl, God's little girl, I, I can go to my daddy for whatever I need. He's right. going to provide it. He owns the world. Right. On the other hand, I know that he's set me to task and given me gifts, and I should do that. But I don't ever feel like I would want to not do that. So I, I think it's hard yeah. to know how to be a man and understand that you could be just lay around and believe somebody's going to take care of you. On the other hand, so there's a good mix of what you need to do versus what you who you can rely on. I think, as we're going to wrap this up, as people are trying to arrive for Bible study, but I, I think that it's it's important to say it this way. This is the way I, I'm, I would kind of put it. Um, I, I love we finally are getting into where this is like, I'd like to continue to talk for another hour. But um, <laughs> we've all been given a... Um, a faith, a relationship with God, a relationship to work, and a work to do. Um, it, for for Tanya, that and and let me let me pull gender out of it for a minute. We've been saying man or women, man or woman, well, and and just from our perspectives. Um, but but reality, rea realistically, it doesn't matter who you are as a human being. You have a relationship you're supposed to build. That's your connection with God and the work He calls you to do, regardless. Because just as much as we see. Um, we see uh, entrepreneurial business type stuff happening mm -hmm. with men in the Old Testament as I talked about the building of the temple. We have Lydia in the New Testament who's a maker of cloth and who's a merchant herself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at least we're, I'm, I would think Lydia is a female name. So that's just, you know, my choice. But the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not, if there's any dudes out there named but Lydia, then that's, that's women are also, we know our calling when we're raising children or whatever. So there's some specific jobs you're saying that we've been given to do and we should yeah, do no, those. I, I can't give birth. I, I never would try either. But um, since we started with that, kudos to the, all of you gals who can do that because uh, most of us guys are just clueless and really, really fall short when we try to make metaphors on that one. Um, but yeah, so we all have a work to do. We all have a faith to build. And it's about having our mentality properly balanced or tensioned in that. 
You know, don't get so wrapped up in the work that you lose sight of the one who gives you the will and the power to work. And don't be so wrapped up in the one who gives you the power to work that you don't do anything at all. Because we have entire movements where people are just waiting. Paul even addressed in the scriptures, we're not waiting. We've got work to do until Jesus returns. And so the gospel is that work that, mm-hmm. and whatever else we need to do to facilitate our life here on earth while we're doing Even though work. a lot of the Bible says wait. That's good, <laughs> it does, but that's what I'm saying. There's this yeah, tension. We've been, right? given a wait, we've been given a wait to do and a work to do. Let's yeah, just put it that way. We're supposed to wait and work. It, I like it. And so um, anyway, that's been a conversation for the ages, and we just had it again in less than an hour. So I think we're doing pretty good. We solved all the problems there well we'll be back next time i guess next week and we'll do this again we're, we're doing pretty good i mean every the last couple of weeks we've just gone oh are we gonna do that this week but both times i've been glad that we did because we've had good conversations and that's just because we're tired and busy and i don't know maybe one of our kids had a baby this weekend or something like that and all that stuff no nah, that didn't happen so thanks to our engineer uh Elijah, who's over here doing the work for us. Squeaking the chair. Give him credit and for that. Any squeaking um, you've heard has come from him. He's not a mouse. He's just got a chair I that needs some oil. Speak to. All right. <laughs> that being said, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Another day.